Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I am Alex. I'm Willie. And I am Nick. It Nick is my has, triumphant return. Yes, the prodigal son has returned. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about what we've been watching, and then we're going to do a full review. We are going to do a full review of Ben Stiller's The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Uh, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know how you thought about this episode before it's how over. How you thought. Yes, how you thought. <laughs> and um, or how you feel, or what you thought. How you feel, what you thought. This is going good. I like the beginning of the pilot episode we heard earlier. We said, uh, we're going to talk about talk to you about movies. movies. <laughs> <laughs> what young, young, naive bucks we were. Yes, all the way back in the day, episode one. That might have yeah. been real episode one. That might have been Born Legacy, not The Dark Phantom Night Menace. Yeah, The Phantom Menace. Um, <laughs> I we liked... should have reviewed episode one for our first episode. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd yeah. Been good. Uh, we're going to Marvel Now, the, po- the podcast, start over, <laughs> renumber. <laughs> Can you reboot a podcast? Does that work? Sure. Yeah. Do whatever you want. I do what I want. When we need more uh, press about our... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, we need to sell issues. <laughs> MidwestFilmNerds.com. Go check out our full show notes and all of our episodes, not just the 30, I believe, that are available on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I um, wanted to listen to the Expendables one, I had to go to the website. Yeah. So. And if you haven't listened to it... You want to. Yeah. Yeah, it so was go very back. good. Go back. Check it out. We have a full catalog. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I think we can move on. We can move on to our What We've Been Watching segment with Willie's thoughts about what he's been watching. Yeah. Willie. Um, uh, let's, oh, let's start with Maniac, um, which is a remake of uh, an 80s slasher film. Um, it's with Elijah Wood. Uh, I liked it. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the movie. The soundtrack is amazing. Like really, that, really yeah. good. Like super synthy and creepy and like oh, cool. John Carpenter ish. And I liked it a lot. I own two copies of it on vinyl. One black and one white. Maniac. <clears throat> well, that's that's good because it's awesome. Because it's um, a Mondo vinyl. That's the, print. the really first person one, right? Yeah, it's pretty much entirely first person, which. Um, Hmm. Uh, normally, feel would feel like a gimmick. I think. I think most of the time, if somebody told me, "Oh, this movie's in first person," you have to check it out. I think, "Oh God, here we go." Yeah. You know? Doom. <laughs> yeah, Doom sequence. Oh, that um, was amazing. Actually, it was kind of cool. I've never but, seen it. So um, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it could be perceived as a gimmick. Show though. notes. Alex needs to watch Doom. <laughs> <laughs> but I think because of the subject matter and because um, it's mostly handled, it's not really handled in a tongue-in-cheek way. It's very nasty and grim, and I'm, I'm never going to watch it again. I can how tell you that how right did now. You see it via Netflix or is it uh, coming out on Blu-ray? Blu-ray. I watched the Blu-ray. Uh, it's out already. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, it's yeah, like I, I enjoyed it, but like I said, it's not something I'll ever watch again. Like it, it made my skin crawl in a good way. And, yeah. and if you're a horror fan, you should definitely check it out. Um, but it's really, really unnerving, even for somebody who's. That's interesting. Like I never thought that I would make. I would hear you say something like that about a horror movie for some reason. Like it just. The it, fact that yeah. it's it's bad enough for you to be like, I don't know if I'd ever watch it again makes it, me... It's not even that it's any gorier than things I've seen in the past, because it's not. Um, it just feels... There's so much of like a like a snuff movie feel about a lot of it, and it makes me feel really uncomfortable watching it, hmm. like, at times. So... I, I, I mean, I, the function of the first person kind of puts you in the... It Yeah, it like, makes you... Yeah, it's... It's. I, I like the movie though. I really did. I'll listen to the soundtrack again for sure. Okay. I will not watch the movie again more than likely, unless somebody else is like, "Hey, we should watch Maniac." But um, so it won't take much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I will never do that again unless someone tells me should. And yes, I won't do it on my own accord. At my own accord. So, um, yeah. No, I'd kind of liken it to something like like a Cannibal Holocaust, where like I saw that movie once many moons ago and I'm finally ready to I think I watch it again fi- like now like that was like six or seven years ago and I'm like finally okay with watching okay. it again so alright yeah um, and then I because of our impending John Hughes retrospective which I don't know if we've plugged on the podcast no, it's, yet it's coming but it's, some point it's gonna happen at some point in the near future um, I decided to kind of watch some other movies that I like from that era yeah um, and I watched Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead with a very young Christina Applegate Always liked that movie when I was a kid. It's still pretty funny. Um, okay. It's it's definitely dated and it's got some hilarious like fashion choices about it. But you know it's fun. Um, I've never seen it. Didn't didn't age quite as well as I hoped it would. I will say that. I should call this podcast uh, movies that Alex hasn't seen. <laughs> Stuff that Alex hasn't seen. <laughs> um, and then I watched uh, Adventures in Babysitting 
with... Um, You're just on a babysitting kick. I, yeah, that wasn't intentional. It actually has <laughs> one of the same actors in like both those movies, too. It was like typecast. Totally typecast in babysitting movies. Um, Elizabeth Shue's in it. and Oh, my God, I love Elizabeth Shue. Uh, she... Uh, she just take these kids on like a ridiculous like adventure in babysitting, <laughs> <laughs> and they meet Thor, which is awesome. Awesome, <laughs> like the Marvel Comics Thor kind <laughs> you of. You never seen Adventures in Babysitting? No. Oh my god! It's 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 actually Chris Columbus directed. It, it is okay. an awesome. Movie. It's a it, it has somehow it's gotten better with age, and I don't understand how. It's a great, movie. but it has. I really really enjoyed watching it again. Um, and the third one is Real Genius, which. Is one of my favorite '80s movies, um, starring Val Kilmer. Starring Val Kilmer and William Atherton, um, and oh, it's basically Animal House, but at a college for geniuses. Um, and that's what, like it's 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 like college shenanigans, but on a very intellectual intellectual level. level. Like they do things like they did, they okay, let's find a way to freeze the ground in the entirety of our of our dorm like area so we can ice skate through the dorms and like so he does some sort of liquid nitrogen thing to freeze the it's nice. awesome um it's a lot of fun and william atherton is like at his apex of uh of sleazy of villainy, villainy. <laughs> yeah he's so good um yeah no i i and john grease isn't it as well oh he just did an ama it was really cool to <clears throat> John Grease is like the one it. person who was like, "Yeah, <laughs> turning into the tuning into the Did John Grease." questions. <laughs> no, I got I got there too late, no. but uh, he re- he he responded to tons of. That's things. awesome. That's awesome. He seemed like a really really cool dude. So it was some funny answers too. He, he wasn't really repeatedly plugging what he was his upcoming thing either. He, he plays a character named Laszlo, which is like the perfect character name for a John <laughs> John Grease character. There were numerous references to that in, to Laszlo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. So it's uh, if you and, haven't seen Real Genius and you have Amazon Prime, it's free on Amazon Prime Very or you cool. can find it in other ways but it's it's I'm going to I'm going to force Alex to watch this movie very soon so cuz I think he'll really appreciate the whole like the even if it's some of its silly science like appreciate the scientific banter between the I can count how many ice packs are blown Yeah you could you <laughs> so could you hate it No I think he'll like no, it I, I think he'll it. enjoy it so I can suspend disbelief for But movies. yeah it's 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 totally an underrated movie and and I I it's still a ton of we fun should to double watch, feature so. it with Back to School. Danger Back to School is another good one. William Zabka, totally another unrelated. fantastic eighties villain. If Atherton and William Zabka teamed up, so many things would go bad. Like the, it would be a lot of days would be rude. Yes, you guys know Zabka. I know he's uh, Johnny in Karate Kid One. He's oh in Back my to, God, He's the villain yes. in Back to School. Perfect. He is, yeah. I think, the villain in Rudy too. He's he's in a ton of movies and he's always like the jerk, the jerk teenager. So All right. yeah, Zabka. Love him, love him. <laughs> cool. All right, uh, Nick, Bye. you 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 have yet to weigh in <clears throat> with your thoughts on the Hobbit, and you have a pretty different opinion than what you heard expressed on the podcast. It's true. Oh, I like this. <clears throat> I was. Um, <laughs> That's your opinion. <laughs> burp done. On your knee, burp. Um, yeah, it was a little. I was very surprised to hear how much you guys liked it. I was a little dismayed actually, <laughs> because I feel like. You took a second week off. You were like, man. I was kind of lukewarm <laughs> on it, though, I well, think. It, I don't it, think I was nuts about it, but... Or was I? <laughs> it it completely reinforces everything. Your stance and Joss Whedon's stance on the what a movie should be. Like, the whole argument we had about Empire Strikes Back and whether or not that's a real movie. Oh, no. Absolutely. Like, I fully acknowledge that this is a film that Joss Whedon would crap all over. He almost said it during the podcast, but then did not want to mention Joss Whedon just once. Yeah, for the- exactly. Yeah, right. That, that was the epi- last episode was the episode <laughs> okay. where I'm sure it's the somewhere. name was never spoken. We'll turn up the background here. Some ghost in the room. <laughs> it's it's backmasked into my, my yeah. speech. Joss Whedon. No, I... Uh, <laughs> I... Uh, I... I didn't hate it. I just was insanely disappointed in it. Yeah. Sneak peek. This was my number one most disappointed movie of 2014. Oh, wow. Um, massively wasted opportunity. And there are some things in it that are very cool. I'm not denying that. There are some really cool special effects. There's some really solid acting. I mean, everybody in it is solid. You I saw think. 24 2D, right? No, I saw 43 3D, 3D3, which is what I'm referring to from now on, 48 frames 3D. That's beautiful. All right, good. That'll, for from now on, be known as 43 3D3D2. <laughs> uh, I, so I did see that. Okay. I got, I got talked into it, and... Uh, Do you regret it or no? 
I don't regret it, but uh, I think that for the third, I'm going to have to see 24. I think it might... If I had seen this one in 24, I might have elevated my my enjoyment a little bit. But that's not that important. I'm talking... Well, the bigger gripes I have are story. Yeah. Just story and character-based, especially. But I... You know, a lot of the landmark moments in the Hobbit book take place during the course of this movie, and they are just breezed right over. Just so... I mean, the Mirkwood segment of the book is huge. Yeah. And, and a lot With of the heavy, spiders and whatnot. A lot of heavy shit goes down there. And in the movie, it's like four minutes, and they're like, oh, we're out. And I was like, what? That's a part of the book that every time I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, because it puts you in that perspective, and it's so important to the story to make you really feel like they have slogged through this dark, dense, horrible horrible place does it elevate the fr- your frustration that a lot of that is glossed over in favor of new material that does not technically i would be okay with new material if it were good are we yeah. am i am i spoiler authorized here spoilers for the hobbit uh desolation of smog right here <laughs> skip forward to the full review if you want to avoid any of that but it won't be too long just okay. a few minutes yeah um what the hell? Love triangle between a dwarf and an elf and an elf? Are you serious? <laughs> this is committed to film? This is Peter Jackson's original material that I had to... What? It was so dumb. <laughs> Twilight. And four... Yes. Oh, God, is it stupid. I even turned... And I have a... My friend I went to see it with loves Legolas, and she loves that dwarf because he looks like a man. He doesn't look like a dwarf. And she <laughs> was, why. like, cringing during the movie. I was like, this is brutally stupid. This is astoundingly dumb. I hated it so much. Oh, God. Terrible. Just... (laughs) It's funny. I think we have the varying degrees of people who care about The Hobbit here. Like, Nick, you care care about it a lot. Willie cares about it somewhat. And I just... I've read it. It's not super close to my heart. And I probably enjoyed it the most. And you, Nick, probably enjoyed it the least. I'm kind of like, eh. Like I said, I'm not I'm not opposed to original material being in it, and I can view them with an objective. Like I understand that it's not going to be the book; it's not going to be yeah. what I saw or in it when I read it, and and you know as a kid. But it's just so much of what they brought to it that was new was just stupid. What's yeah, the point? you have yeah. the same feelings about this that I do about The Walking Dead. Just, if you're going to add new stuff, it should be as good, if not better, than the original. I just material. think it's straight Absolutely. bad filmmaking at a point. Like yeah. it's just bad. It doesn't serve any purpose, and it's just. Oh, I wonder if I liked Atariel. I liked the addition yeah. of her. I thought she was cool. I didn't mind having Legolas in it. I think Randuil it's good to have a female. Awesome. It's good to have a female presence. Yeah, I think. I'm yeah. not opposed to that. Their rationale behind we need to add another woman. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And she was pretty good. But it's just what they did with her was just stupid, stupid. and weird. Well, maybe like, you met this dwarf for six seconds, and suddenly you're gonna like throw away everything that is important to elves. To What's be- interesting too is that, uh, from what I understand, Evangeline Lilly recently said that she agreed to do this this part. On the absolute, like the one condition she had is, no love please no love triangle. Yeah. Please don't do it to me. I did that for six years. <laughs> Too bad. Don't do it. And Peter Jackson's like, I absolutely, there will be no. And then she's like pissed about it now. She's like, seriously? It's like, terrible. Yeah. But the the bigger faults, I think, were with Thorin in a lot of this movie. I was like, he did a lot of just boneheaded shit. I was like, what? Especially when they get up to the mountain and they try the key and it doesn't work. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> just spikes the key <laughs> and walks away. I was like, are you serious? That's not what would happen. He'd break every tool and every guy he has trying to get through that thing until yeah. everyone was dead. Like, it was just really dumb. And just a, such a horribly cheesy moment when Bilbo turns around and they're all there lined up. I was like, oh, whoa, I just wanted to vomit in my shoe. It was so bad. <laughs> just a lot of really forced, epic moments that didn't come together organically. Like, like, in the first movie, a lot of those moments really coalesced nicely. And I was like, cool, this good storytelling, good actors, and it just came together perfectly for those cool moments, like in the original trilogy. And that's the other problem. They're trying to make this new a Lord of the Rings trilogy. This is not the fucking Lord of the Rings. This is The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Just do yourself a favor and leave that behind you. Make a new trilogy. Don't try yeah. to tie this all together. It's just it's just such a shameful cash-in. It just really, really, really gets my goat. Do you agree with my statements? And I don't even love him. The Hobbit that much. That's the thing. I'm just so disappointed this movie was just a bloated... Like I said, it's a wipe. It's a transition from one movie to another that's three hours long. <laughs> it's just such a bummer. Nothing happens in it. <coughs> it's, it's a it's, it's a pure next week on the Hobbit, and yeah. I was like, "What the hell?" And Smog was amazing up until they turned it into a set piece from The Mummy Returns, and suddenly they're running around in Smog's lair and fucking body surfing on molten gold. Like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? Where's Brendan Fraser? I just expected him to swing by any moment in a mummy, and and Ode- or uh, was it Arnold Vosloo to be chasing him? Like it was just. 
It was a pure cartoon, and I was like, man, all credibility from the first movie just like went out the window like a fart when you open the window in your bathroom. Just terrible. <laughs> now I just want to see Arnold Valsley riding a dragon. Though. That's all I really... <laughs> the weird thing is I'm excited to see the third one, because all the stuff that I was excited to see in the second one is, <laughs> in, is be, in the third yeah. movie. It's not in the second movie. So... I don't know. That's my really long-winded rant on The Hobbit. <laughs> we can skip everything else I've been watching. <laughs> that right. was long enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on real quick? Just... Uh, I rewatched Safety Not Guaranteed. It was much better the second time. Okay. And I didn't hate it the first time, but I was just kind of like, oh, that was there. Yeah. But I think the key is I watched it with my roommate, and watching it with somebody else enriches the experience. Mm. And I think Jake Johnston's character in that movie is one of the better supporting characters I've seen in a movie in, like, years. Yeah, he's really good. His subplot yeah. in that movie is so real mm-hmm. and so human and just amazing that the rest of the movie was just in fantasy land. That, that's such a great subplot. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, my roommate made a good point. He said he felt like it was a not a last minute, but, like, a, a, a later script revision to try to ground the movie a little bit and mm-hmm. have some more going on. The subplot with him and the subplot with Anwar, the Indian kid, are awesome. I think those are those actually anchor the movie quite a bit. Mm. And I rewatched World War Z, the extended cut, and it was very good. Okay. Sweet. Um, speaking of Jake Johnson, I watched a movie called Drinking Buddies. I watched this the last time we did what we've been watching, but I forgot to talk about it. Uh, directed by Joe Swanberg, starring Jake Johnson, Olivia Wilde, <sighs> Ron Livingston, and Anna Kendrick. Ron Livingston. Awesome. This, I think Swanberg, Swanberg's the kind of guy who uh, is like, this is how I want the scene to play out. You guys have a conversation. Has he done anything else? To go. I think he has. I'll okay. look it up. Okay. But, um, I got it. Keep talking. He, he's very much, uh, I think that's his style to be like, I'm not going to script this out. This is just where I want this scene to go. Please organically try to get there. And then, yeah. And these four people in this movie are like, I, I love all of them very much for very different reasons. And, and, uh. I just absolutely Ooh. enjoyed all of it. Um, but, yeah, so Drinking Buddies, very cool. I don't know necessarily where you can find it yet. I think it's going to be on Blu-ray. It's already out. It is out? Yeah, okay. it's available. Okay, so it's, like, available right now. Um, Joe Swanberg has directed a few things. Yeah. And he's from Detroit. Oh, that's cool. Oh. What has he directed? Oh, he directed a movie called Lol, but it's not the one with Miley Cyrus. Okay. Uh, Hannah Takes the Stairs, Nights and Weekends. These might all be, like, real indie stuff. Silver Bullets. There's one, like... VHS he directed, okay. the horror movie, which I started on Netflix. Well, he directed got, a segment, yeah, at least. Yeah, one of the segments yeah. of the... All the Light in the Sky. It seems like a lot of these are shorts. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a feature, but whatever. Hmm. Um. So, yeah, Joe Swanberg, interesting dude. Um, I'll check cool it out. Movie, cool movie to check. I think it's it's very much like uh, it's not it's super character focused. It's not it's more about their interactions than it is about the actual events that occur. I like that though. It's it's cool. The, the is, cover uh, the cover caught my attention. It reminded me of like a like a groomsman or a ten years kind of thing where it's very much about characters okay. and actors playing off each other and stuff. So yeah, cool. Um, the premise of it's so depressing. Yeah. It's, it's it's I remember reading it and going, "Oh, it's it's I wouldn't say it 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 can get kind of heavy, but I think in the end it's very you just kind of have to, you know, and god, Olivia Wilde and Anna Kendrick both. I'd that'd be a rough choice for me too. Ugh. But anyway, easy um, choice. <laughs> easy choice. I watched uh <laughs> I watched um Jake Johnson, you right. <laughs> Ron Livingston selection Livingston, made. Clearly. Uh, I watched with his hair from The Conjuring. <laughs> That's the stipulation. <laughs> I watched Side Effects on Netflix, which is the Steven Soderbergh film, one of his last, apparently. Maybe who knows? Who one cares? of our many almost reviews. Yeah, we almost reviewed it this year. Uh, it's I think it's an interesting thriller, but in the end, it didn't quite hold me. I don't think it quite reaches the heights of Haywire. Is that for the Jude Law one? <laughs> the heights of Haywire. There's a band name for you. <laughs> yes, that is the Jude Law, Rooney Mara. Uh, okay. It's 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 interesting. It's cool. It just uh, it didn't quite come together in a way that I wanted it to. Um, what did we review that week instead? Do you remember? I don't know. It, that came out pretty early on, so we might have been in hiatus mode at that time. We might just not have come back from the holidays yet. But um, um, I watched Mud, but it didn't really hold my attention, so I didn't really watch it. Welcome to our podcast. I watched Mud on a plane uh, once. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I remember what I, where I was flying, <laughs> but I remember mud was on. That's good. That's all I have to say. 
Here's a there's a segment for you. This, this is a live like we didn't have people call in. What movies have you seen on planes? And what was it like? I watched Avengers on a plane once. My favorite plane ride movie was uh, I put in a DVD in my laptop of Incredible Hulk, and there was an old woman knitting next to me in the seat next to me, and I, I kept noticing her like glancing over at the screen like she was getting into it. So I put on the subtitles for her so she could see what was going on. Good and by the end by the end she was like. That was a wonderful film. What is that called? And I was like, "That's the Incredible Hulk." And she's like, "Oh my, I liked that." And I'm like, "This lady's awesome. That's I don't awesome. know. I want to give it to Georgia her." Georgia would have punched her in the nose. Not give it to her. You know. Uh, I actually, my first viewing, my first two viewings of Definitely Maybe were on a plane. Weird. And uh, I saw a rat race on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. And Rockstar. <laughs> Dude, awesome. I'm gonna take you listened this. to Steel Dragon yeah. while you were... Uh... Rockstar, which has one of my favorite character <laughs> moments in, in all the movies. We'll have to reenact. We'll have to recreate it someday. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. That was totally <clears throat> randomly... No, that's okay. I'm trying to think if I watched... Oh, I started watching Homeland. It's cool. I think it kind of scratches that uh, that Rubicon itch just a little bit at the moment, but something... T- like, apparently the last season's been more 24 than anything else. Uh, a little more action oriented. Three, yeah. I don't really, I don't really know. I don't know what they're talking about with that yet. But I'm going to keep watching. I'll report back more when I. When I would love for some Rubicon. Manny Patinkin. Manny Patinkin, amazing. I texted you guys. I was like, I don't understand why he's not talking like an Ego Montoya. <laughs> <laughs> so bearded. Oh, very bearded. <laughs> Such beard. Such beard. Uh, beard heavy. Much Patinkin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Mandy. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's about all that I've been watching. Yeah. I watched some more of Legend of Korra book, too. It's really good. Check it out. Timer just end. This was a lovely segment, boys. Yes. It was good. Such segment. Um, So, on to our full review of Ben Stiller's The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. um, Directed by Ben Stiller, obviously, and starring Ben Stiller, Kristen Wiig, uh, John Daly, Adam Scott, uh, Sean Sean Penn, Penn, Terrence Bernie Hines, uh, Shirley MacLaine, um... The synopsis from IMDb says, A daydreamer escapes his anonymous life by disappearing into a world of fantasies filled with heroism, romance, and action. When his job along that, along with that of his co-workers are threatened, he takes action in the real world, embarking on a global journey that turns into an adventure more extraordinary than anything he could have ever imagined. Um, it's sure. an extremely wordy synopsis. Yeah. Very descriptive. Super long, that's like the longest synopsis. Such words. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So, um, this was one of my honorable mentions on our 10 most anticipated episode last year. Uh, I just remember reading a quick synopsis because that's really all there was at the time. And I was like, oh, this sounds like it could be interesting. Um, and it's one of the few trailers that I watched of movies that I was already interested in this year. Um, I think I was the only one that watched the original. Have either of you seen the original before? No, I haven't. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um... So I suppose I can talk about that a little bit, but uh, we can just get into it. Willie, what did you think of The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Um, I went in completely blind, didn't see a single picture, clip, nothing of this movie, didn't know anything about, I didn't, I I had a feeling it was about something to do with... Surprising, considering how much Nick and I were like, oh my god, this trailer's amazing. Well, that's, that's what's weird is, this is one of those ones I think when we were doing the most anticipated where this happens often... Where I feel really dumb, and I'm like, yeah, Iron Man 3! And you guys are like, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I'm like, why is that? What's that mean? <laughs> you know? Um, so, no, this, uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. And I'm, um, <laughs> what? Iron Man 3! Iron Man 3! We were most all anticipate. That. Yeah, that was all three of us. I know, but, but, uh, I always wonder where you, how you guys know about this stuff. And well, I just I, feel like so. I said, I, this is one of the random ones that I saw on the Wikipedia list right uh-huh. before we did it. And I was like, hmm, this could be cool. Uh-huh. I didn't even but, know it was a remake until, like, just recently because yeah. we got the original at the, at the video store. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, cash it in. Um. Is it an asylum film? <laughs> yeah, right. Right? No. Um, unfortunately, Asylum was not involved in the making of that film. <laughs> there will be one. There will be. The secret life of... <laughs> the clandestine yeah. journey of... The imaginary wonders of Walter Mitty. <laughs> of Walter the Wonder Kitty. Emporium. <laughs> stars a cat. Um, <clears throat> oh, boy. So, Walter Mitty. The film we're reviewing <laughs> We're all going to get job week. offers from Asylum. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was... It's kind of one, another, another one of those like Breath of Fresh Air movies. I mean, it's not that... The theme that the themes and stuff of this film haven't been done before by any means, um, but it, I don't know, it just, it, 
it felt nice to like have just a story about a guy again, yeah. you know, like just, just a regular Joe, like, and he is, there's nothing, there's nothing particularly depressing about him. It's not like he's like some down on his luck, like horribly, horribly like impoverished person or anything. Or, and he's also not some sort of like hot shot, anything. He's just yeah. a guy. Like he just feels like a regular dude. And, uh, I like that every man quality that Ben Stiller brings to it. Yeah, um, and I've heard sure. other people suggested for the role. I think we all have, um, yeah, like Will Ferrell and, and, yeah. and Jim Carrey, and I, I'm so happy that it's Ben Stiller because I don't think Will Ferrell, Jim Carrey could could carry that everyman quality about him. I no. really don't. Um, not that I, I I like both those actors very much, but I don't think either one of them has that. Yeah, you like them for different things, very then. different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Stiller does Stiller's great in the movie, and I, I like I like how kind of downplayed he is at first, and how he he plays the role very. God, he just he just does such a great job of playing every aspect of the character as he goes along this journey. Like and yeah. you can you can literally see the small moments uh, that change him as he goes through everything, both fantasy and real. Like there's just these little clicks in his character, and every time one of these big events happens, Stiller manages to add a little layer yeah. to that character, and I think that's really like really impressive. And I'm I'm kind of bummed almost that he wouldn't get a nom for this because like I think he's good enough to deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, and I, I liked the all the supporting cast were hysterical. Mm-hmm. Like everybody brought out the best in everybody else. Like uh, there were moments that pro- might not have even been all that intentionally funny that wound up being kind of like subtly funny. Um, especially between him and his coworker. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the actor's name, but he's I'll been in some that. things before, and I, I recognize him. Um, and he's quite funny. Um, and I thought the Adrian uh, Martinez. Adrian Martinez. Like, I don't know. Okay, I know him from something, and I think yeah. it's, I think it's super bad. I think he's the guy who did drops you, the beer. Did you see Joey Slotnick? Joey Slotnick. As soon as I saw Joey Slotnick, yes. I said, "Oh my gosh!" I hope Nick noticed that Joey Slotnick was right here. Um, oh, I did audibly. Like, good. I was like Joey Slotnick. There he is. Um. No, star I, of what's that Brendan Fraser movie? Blast from the Past. Blast from the Past. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. I don't know. It's just a really enjoyable movie. It's, it's. It's like it's. It's a strange movie because it's such a mixture of like this tiny little tale about this man who's really kind of inconsequential, or he seems inconsequential, but it's balanced with this huge like big scope of the, like like his adventures and journey. it's 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 such a cool such a cool movie. My only complaints really, and I think that. Um, I think I know that Alex. We talked a little bit about it, and you you kind of share this with me. Is that it doesn't quite there's the message of the movie or the like. It doesn't quite land in yeah. a way that maybe it could have. I didn't walk away with the with this huge impact on me, and I really and not in a bad way. I mean, it doesn't have. To, I don't have to walk away like my God. I'm questioning every bit of my reality, but but. but uh, <laughs> what is life? Just walk out of the theater a broken man. Yeah, just but, employees uh, walk in with flamethrowers and kill everyone because yeah. no one wants to live. But um, but I certainly I don't know I I wanted to take a little bit more from it than I did. Yeah. yeah. Um and <laughs> but the journey is totally worth the, the juice worth, is worth the squeeze. The juice is worth the squeeze. Um, so no, I, I really recommend this to almost anybody. I can't say anybody like, honestly, I saw an, an, a very diverse group of people in the theater when we went and saw it. I had this awesome older <laughs> man next to me <laughs> who was so into it at all moments. Like, yeah. uh, you know, if something, if there was a, like a moment that like, the, like there's a shark attack kind of moment in this movie, spoiler yeah. alert. And he was very mm. into that. So, yeah. yeah. All right, Nick, what did you think of the secret life of Walter Mitty? I liked it a lot. <laughs> Alex would do. <laughs> I uh, that's it. I did really enjoy it. I was getting a little nervous when yeah. I read some of the reviews, some of the the buzz and the the, the Rotten Tomatoes score. The negative didn't buzz. inspire a ton of confidence, but it wasn't because I really really enjoyed Great Gatsby, and that was right in that range. It was like forty nine fifty three percent. It was right in that. And if if people are pretty evenly divided, I'm always really intrigued by movies. If, if it's got ninety something yeah. percent, I'm like, okay, I'll love it. If it's got eleven, I'm like, okay, I probably won't love it. You never know. There's always outliers. Yeah, if, but it, on those extremes, I think it's pretty safe to. Willie, say I have you're the Bill Murray conch. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I think it's safe to assume, though, that. Yeah. 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 So movies like this, I'm always uh, intrigued to how I'm how I'm going to feel. And I, my one friend texted me and was like, "You're going to hate it," and I was like, "What?" And he's like, "It's not dark enough." Like he thought. I guess he thinks I only want really like dark, horrible. <laughs> 
torturous movies, probably because I loved 12 Years a Slave, and we had a hearty discussion about Magnolia and There Will Be Blood, but... Um, <laughs> Your ending to the Batman movies? <laughs> yeah, should have happened. Uh, but no, I really... I, I love a good, just no-holds-barred, optimistic movie like this that... It has it's it has no shame and it's not concerned about being cool. Like it's like I'm gonna make this a feel good movie and the characters in it are gonna try to feel good no matter how stupid they look or no matter how dumb or impossible it might seem. Movies like that are are great breaths of fresh air. Like most of what we see in the theaters these days feels like it's very heavy. There's a lot of heavy stuff out there and yeah. even superhero movies now are all concerned with being heavy ever since Nolan struck it big with that theory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't get a lot of really cool nice stories like that and it was rated pg and i think part of the reason a lot of people were just kind of shitting on it or or like i like i said they no one really seems to hate it they're just kind of apathetic at best but even a lot of people i might i was talking to at work i was like hey you know i saw walter Mitty; it was really good and they're like oh it just looks it just looks kind of stupid i don't know i just don't know i'm like well why why does it look stupid i thought the trailer was pretty looked like a lot of fun like right yeah. off the bat i was like wow that looks great <clears throat> and uh I think a big part of it is that it's rated PG. A lot of people are just writing it off as like, they're like, stupid, they're like yeah. oh, it's PG. Oh, yeah. Where's all the sex? Where's the more swears? Sex. Where's the guns? I feel like I, it might be getting lumped into like the Adam Sandler comedy route almost. Does that make sense? Like, like kind of like the same vibe that it, those give yeah, people. Yeah, and Ben Stiller's a weird, a weird anomaly in that he. He's had been in and directed, although I'm sure 99% of people don't know he directs most mm-hmm. of the movies he directs. But if movies with him in it are ever a critical success, it's usually probably largely due to the supporting cast, like Will, the Will Ferrells and the Robert Downey Juniors and, and the people he's surrounded with. Mm-hmm. I love Ben Stiller, and I have for years yeah. and years and years and years, ever since I first saw There's Something About Mary. I was like, that guy's great. Um, so I'm always drawn to whatever whatever he's doing. And uh, I think a lot of people just are like, oh, Ben Stiller, whatever. And he's a very good actor. He's very He's the perfect amount of versatility they need for this movie. Like like you said, Will Ferrell would have been stupid. Yeah, it wouldn't have, have done worked. Movie. And Owen Wilson? No. Sorry, Owen. I didn't even think you're, of Owen Wilson. You're the yeah. asshole. But, you know, he, he was just the right choice, and the direction is cool, and it's a, just a good movie. I walked out feeling really good after the movie. I was like, man, that was nice. That was just a nice, a nice movie. Yeah. And I can't really think of anything. I mean, there's a few little little gripes I have about it. But uh, on the whole, I thought it was it really delivered on what what I was hoping for, for the most part. Like you like you guys said, the message is a little. It gets a little. It's like a really huge hug of a message. It's not like a, a complete hug yeah. that just kind of grabs you and says, "Here's what I wanted to say, man." It's like someone just comes at you with their arms out and just keeps pushing you over, <laughs> and they never close the hug off to like really secure what they want to say. So what you're saying is this movie is like a really awkward hug. It is. Where you <laughs> yeah. feel good, but you don't exactly know why. Yeah. You can't yeah. really put your finger on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you get the broad strokes of it. You mm-hmm. know You know why. So I think a little a little more fine-tuning to it and a little maybe streamlining of the, of the humor. Because yeah. the jokes range from subtle and funny, like sight gags, to these wacky, like, Looney Tunes level stuff. And you're like, whoa. And... On on one hand, it's cool because you're you're like, well, what the hell's gonna happen? Like I, after one of the jokes happened, I was like, I don't even know what's gonna happen in this movie next, yeah. and I, I was like, I don't even know what's real. But so it's kind of thrilling to watch. But at the same time, it, on the whole, the movie would have been much better if it had had a little more guided, you know, through line on, on where it was going. Yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't even necessarily think that some of that humor needed to be toned down. I think the idea that you have this guy that daydreams, daydreams can be all over the place. And I kind of appreciated the fact that they would take those chances with all of these different daydreams that pop up throughout the movie. But um, the daydream mechanic is weird because, well, no, you keep talking. They'll save this for spoilers. Okay. Um, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit and I could talk about what I wanted this movie to be. I, I've been searching so terribly for a movie just to be the movie that I need this year. And the last one that it could be is her. That's the last one that could be the movie that I really, really needed this year. And I wanted this one to be it, but it's not It's not quite what it is. What really drew it, drew me to it in the first place is that I remember just sitting there, and maybe it was just me being younger or whatever, but I just remember sitting there in, like, middle school and just daydreaming about me doing crazy things and, like, being a hero and, like, all that's Like, I'm sure a lot of people do it, but it's just kind of like... There's I three thought, in this room. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where like okay I I can relate with Walter Mitty and the fact that you know I could 
see myself doing these aspirational crazy things but yet it doesn't quite necessarily ever come to be and I was like so I, I, I felt like I wanted the movie to resonate with me on that level and it does not quite get there but it's still a really 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 cool movie and um and uh, upon second viewing I felt like maybe like the first act like it takes a minute for the movie to kind of pick up and get going and get on the road but I still I still think um I think all the performances are fantastic. I don't think anybody like any nobody dropped the ball. Kristen Wiig is great as just like a like a normal person for once. I think she's a fantastic. Human being, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um uh, It's the opposite of drive. They're the most like hyper stylized people, they're not real at all in <laughs> this movie is yeah. the um, antithesis. Uh I thought the soundtrack is fantastic. Uh, oh yeah. It's it's I almost paid for music after that movie was over. <laughs> No, it's, it's it's really cool. It's 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 this interesting blend of of a lot of different kinds of music and the stuff that like even like even one of the bands called Junip they they had a song that was used for a Breaking Bad recap this year, and just their kind of they they sound like they their, their album came out this year, but they basically sound like something that you would hear back in like the seventies or eighty like Neil Youngish kind of like weird kind of and it, the, their sound is really cool and it kind of really fits this movie in yeah. my opinion. Um, so uh, it's the movie's beautiful. Like Ben mm-hmm. Stiller, like I think Ben Stiller has an eye, and whoever whoever was the DP for this movie, like the sh- the shots that are set up are fantastic, and a lot of the things that you see in the trailer and 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 throughout the opening of this movie, and not to mention the subject matter that they have with like Greenland and Iceland. Uh, obviously, there's beautiful sights to to be seen there. Unlike you know, we're not going to see anything like that here in the Midwest, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that the movie has this really cool look to it that, um, you know, it's, and, and some of the humor, like the, there's the, there's kind of an x-ray gag that happens, uh, like two thirds of the way into the movie that you're like, what's going on right now? And like, I, I get that that's kind of out there, but I, I still kind of found it cool that the movie was willing to kind of take those chances. And even if they didn't quite, uh, land as well as I wanted them to. I'd rather have the movie try to do new things than to be safe and boring and mm-hmm. you know. So I, I appreciate it on that level. What was your ooh? The DP's got some cool work under his belt. His oh, name's yeah. Stuart Dryberg. He direct or he DP'd the pilot of Boardwalk Empire. He also did Julie Taymor's The Tempest, which looked amazing. Okay. I don't know how good it was, but uh <coughs> Ooh, Eon Flux. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. He did the piano though. With Jane Jane Campion's The Piano, hmm. that's pretty cool. That's a good movie. So he's got some. He's got he's got a resume. He does a good job making not just like Iceland and Greenland look awesome and and magnificent, but he also like even even like the scenes in the um in the room where uh, Walter and his coworker work. Like there's a cool there's a weird beauty to those too. Like, yeah, absolutely. Everything the looks really movie, pretty. The whole yeah. movie's very. In- the way objects are placed in the in the throughout the movie throughout the frame is very cool, and mm-hmm. a lot of the framing of even just static shots, like him, the shot from the trailer, even him coming up out of the subway across the plaza, yeah, lots yeah. of stuff like that. It's very neat to look at. Yeah, and that's oh. not. I don't think that's easy. I mean, when you're when you're filming something as as amazing as those countries that he visits in the movie, like I think it's hard to to make everyday business look so good, yeah. you know. But they manage to do it, so it's it's like the it's very consistent look throughout, and like. Mm-hmm. Even, I was looking at some behind-the-scenes photos, man. Ben Stiller balls hard. Does he? I mean, I saw, like, one production still, and he's standing, like, looking, like, through, like, the viewfinder. I mean, there's two dollies with two cameras with two huge-ass <laughs> lenses. I was like, Jesus Christ, oh, man. Oh, he's Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller sure. screw yeah. around. <laughs> some, I guess not. Some heavy shit. <laughs> Pulls out the big guns, but it shows. I mean, the movie looks... All the helicopter shots you see of all the vistas are, are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it's just there's a lot of detail. There's no, there's not a lot of softness. It's a very crisp movie. Yeah, yeah. And so when there is softness, it's very focused. Like there's the shot when he's uh, when he's he's looking. No, when he's looking at his, at his oh. pictures, and she comes up, and there's all that intentional crazy softness when he's because he's wearing his weird yeah. glasses. And well, like my, one of my favorite shots happens in the first scene of the movie when he he he's. He's about to click her wink box. And the focus and then, stays on the laptop. Yeah, the, the focus laptop. stays yep. in, the, in the foreground at where he is in the laptop, and he gets up and walks away and sits yeah. on the couch and thinks about it for a second. And that's just, it's so cool. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. like, I noticed <laughs> that instantly. Yeah. The focus did not move. No, and it's, it's, it's awesome. So, like, right. a, lot, a lot of those ideas and things, it's, I, it's, 
you can tell that this movie's in the hands of very skilled people. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that very much. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I really want to say, non-spoilery wise. Um, can we talk about Adam Scott's crappy facial <laughs> hair wig? <laughs> it's so good. It's yeah. so. <laughs> it's good, but not traditionally good. Like it's just fun. It just adds to the douche of him. Yes. Absolutely. I can see that guy putting on a fake beard a fake, to look. To look. <laughs> I, I, I loved how fake his beard was. It made me. It kind of yeah, made me happy. One of my happy. friends was crapping on the movie because of that. He's like, I know this is a dumb complaint, but that guy's. Beard. I'm like, that was part of the point. I yeah. think is that this guy looks like such a moron. With yeah, his beard. it was kind of fun. But like, he thinks he's just awesome. Yeah, and, but I, and he played the part just spectacularly. Yeah, he was so good. It's hard to remember how nice of a guy he is on some of his other like. Oh like, yeah. How 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 well he can play a nice guy. He yeah. was. You know. He was like the new William Atherton in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really good in Step Brothers as the as the yeah, yeah. as Farrell's jerky. Yeah. This would have been yeah. bearded William Atherton in this movie. Yeah, no, he, been, this would have been Walter Peck. He he makes heel turns like nobody's business. That that Adam Scott. And his final scene was so great. Yeah, it was. It was just, yeah, man, it's very good. Very good stuff. Um. No, and I feel like it's it's funny. The more that I sit down and think about parts of the movie, it did it did kind of affect me on some level. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the third act that I am still kind of stewing in, and, and you know, some of it makes me want to write some stuff. There's other things that, like, I take, like, the, the quote that I posted on Facebook, uh, one of the quotes that's from the third act, it makes me look back at things in my life and be like, wow, like, I feel like this has some some meaning to me that that you know i'm glad that the movie could kind of shine a light on that so it's and we can talk about that in spoiler terry but um yeah i don't know it's a great movie it's i think it's kind of getting unfit like i it it sucks that i think the reviews might turn a lot of people away i personally i my parents went and saw this movie my brother went and saw this movie i know many people that went and saw this movie and they all loved it like everybody loved it. That's what's so strange about it. So it's you know some of the some of the hatred out there. I don't know. Like I know Willie, you you were kind of looking at some stuff yesterday that made it seem like there are people that are kind of faithful to the source material, and it's just like why? Like what? Yeah, I think anybody. Most of the complaints I saw were really boiled down to people having very preconceived notions of what this movie should have been. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. And, and, and that's that's something that I didn't quite talk about. I. I watched the original. It, it, it's, it's very much a Danny Kaye vehicle. It's just Danny Kaye doing funny things in these daydreams and then acting like an idiot when he's not in them. And, and you know, and, and it's just, I don't necessarily like it. Watching the the original made me feel like, oh, like this movie could be really popcorn and straightforward. And like, oh, here's these funny things and this guy's kind of look at this crazy stuff happening in his life and oh yeah. yeah in the end he adjusts and yeah he's good Ugh. oh see these reviews are disgusting <laughs> they're just stupid they're just too cynical a lot of critics are just being they're just they can't like some of them are good some people are accepting they're like yeah I really like this guy this is Mitty as emotionally bruised hipster who has been knocked around a bit but not as a quietly desperate distracted man a hipster? what is that is literally why? The exact opposite of what he is. Someone just goes, let us okay. now praise average men. That Yeah, that's the... Which, yeah. 99% that, of one? what people are going to see. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, this is... Yeah, I don't know. It's I, not even Stiller isn't the actor for this role. His comic dysfunctionalism is too frowning, too obsessive-compulsive. Walter Mitty needs a Jim Carrey or a Will Ferrell. No. No. No, he doesn't. Fucking idiot. Go watch <laughs> Yes Men, Nigel Andrews of Financial <laughs> Times. Oh my goodness! All right. Well, seriously, we're going over a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we'll take a we'll take a quick break, and let's just say that uh, some reviewers out there we disagree with. Yeah, I just called one out. They missed the point. Feel free to write in, Nigel. <laughs> Feedback at minimumfilmers dot com. All right, we'll take a quick break. <laughs> Alright, welcome to Spoiler Terry for The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Turn back now if you don't want to hear anything spoilerish. Turn back now. Yes. Turn back. Um, 
Yeah, so what I was talking about with like the, the moment that really hit me, the idea that beautiful things don't ask for attention was just... Some of my experiences this year, that definitely was like... It was kind of a, a bit of a slap in the face. Like, look at these things that have happened to you. And like, if people and, and these things and these experiences in your life are so great, then it wouldn't have been like demanding attention. And it's that's I think that's something that people don't really like think about. We look at celebrities that are like, oh, look at all these beautiful people. No, those aren't the beautiful people. The beautiful people are the ones... They're the Paul Walkers, man. Yeah. Exactly. Like, he, he did all that Reach Out Worldwide stuff, and he didn't, like, none, nobody knew about it mm-hmm. until the man that's died in one of the events. Like, that's, he, that's a beautiful person right there. Meanwhile, Sean Penn, who really happens to star in this film, <laughs> brings his camera crew as publicist. Delivers that line, actually. And drives around with a... Never mind. I'm not going to get into it. He's an idiot. Um, but, no, it's... Some of those things in that, in that like, <laughs> final... In that final third with Sean Penn, you know, Sean O'Connell and Walter Mitty talking on that, on that mountain definitely make me like they reverberate. There's, there's a lot of meat there and a lot of, a lot of things to digest and kind of bring out like the whole idea of, you know, the camera being a distraction and, and wanting to, you know, experience a moment as it is, not try to destroy it by putting a camera, camera between it and your face. And like that, you know, I think, I think those are interesting points and I, and it's it's kind of weird that they're just kind of there in the third act. Like, the, I don't know if they necessarily have... Um, I don't know if the movie has much connective tissue with those things, but it, it, it I still appreciate those ideas, and I think that it is presented well in the, in the third act of the movie. But, it's kind of like a mini-message within that scene. It's, it's, yeah. I don't think that's one of those things that's kind of overarching throughout the... No, no. Throughout the... Uh, what I liked about the third act was that Walter gets fired at the end of the second act. Yeah. He could pack up and go home, or he could continue traveling the world if he wanted to, but I like that he sets out to finish what he started and he keeps going because he feels compelled to. And I think that that, that was really cool because I remember when he got fired, I was like, this is neat because he's going to, you know, he's, he's going to go track him down anyway. anyway. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. Even though it was like a pretty obvious where the final picture was, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't ever for a second, and I think this is part of the power of the movie. I didn't for I didn't spend a millisecond of brain power trying to figure out what the final photo was. No, it just yeah. didn't concern me at all. And I, one of my friends was like, oh, "I knew right away what it was. It was gonna be. It was gonna be." I wanted to know what it was, but I, I wasn't... wanted to know too. But I was gonna let the movie tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a movie like this that I can get swept up in, and I just want to see the story unfold, and I don't want to be my dad who sucks to see movies with because he's <laughs> like, "Oh, that guy's dead, dead the whole time." That's my dad. He tries to figure. He tries to beat the movie to the ending all the time and spoiler ruin it for everybody for else. A movie, yeah, <laughs> movie, movie spoiler. Um, <laughs> Generic movie spoiler <laughs> inbound happens to a movie. Uh, so with this movie, I you know I was really annoyed when a lot of people were like, "Oh, I knew right away what it was." I was like, "Why?" Like the movie didn't make it obvious at all what it was going to no. be of. Um, I didn't think so. And I, I, I just don't know why you take yourself out of a movie to try to beat it to the punchline. You're ruining the experience for yourself. But I, I liked it a lot. I think that the the broad joke I was referring to was the Benjamin Button moment. Yeah. was yeah. very, very, very wacky. And it made me laugh a lot. It was really funny. But looking back, I kind of wish it hadn't been in this movie because it... it the, the daydream mechanic, and this is kind of what I was going to say earlier, it's, it's a weird variable in this movie that I can't reason one way or the other because it's daydreams. It's not, it's not real. And I... It almost seems unimportant. Like, I almost wish all the daydreamness had been taken out of the movie and the movie had just been the rest. A, like a scene, straight movie. Like, you, you, you kind of think that if we would have seen from third person how Walter was consumed in his daydream, like, even if, like, we didn't get to see what he was thinking, but we knew that he was daydreaming. I would almost rather almost be interested to see the movie with without daydreams even in it. Maybe just see yeah. the movie and see this this mediocre guy go on this cool journey, because the daydreams are really interesting at the beginning of the movie. But by the, the by, like even the third one coming, I was like, all right, there's going to be a daydream and this isn't real, and then he's going to snap back. Yeah, I think the only reason the daydream that I would disagree with removing them entirely, I think they get. They certainly could have been toned down a little bit because they those are the times when the movie does rely more on cheap gags that don't feel like it's the same genre of movie that we're watching. Most of the, like like Curious Case of Benjamin Button would have been perfectly acceptable in like a like a the Jim Carrey version of this yes. movie, but it doesn't feel interesting. And, and the X-ray scene 
doesn't really it's not really a daydream, but well, and, it, and it the, feels the one I enjoyed was the I uh, the one the one uh, the only one that made any sense to me was the one of him and Adam Scott like surfing through, yeah. yeah. That made surfing. sense. The one of the one of him diving through the window while an amazing shot. One of my favorites yeah, in the movie. It's beautiful. That whole set there and like that first daydream is That was very awesome. cool, but it's just doesn't make any sense. And the Benjamin Button one doesn't I'm like, who daydreams that? Like what? It's just really, really <laughs> weird. Yeah. Well, and, and feel it does feel like part of the, the Jim Carrey version of this, we'll call it for now. And then the movie starts to take itself a little more seriously. And it still has fun. I, I guess what I'm saying is I like the jokes that were smaller. That were more subtle, like the huge Icelandic man just <laughs> drinking this huge boot of beer and then going to fly a helicopter. Was working as a <laughs> yeah, that was hysterical. Like that was great was stuff. And the daydreams were just some of them felt very weird and a little a little too big. Like you said, if they had been toned down. Yeah. But then they, they yeah. But then the problem is you have you have you have an issue with the movie because as the movie progresses and as Walter Mitty grows, the daydreams subside and eventually fade away. Which is nice for storytelling's sake, but at the same time, it renders them kind of almost pointless because they're only in the first act of the movie, really. And in the IMDb synopsis, the whole movie revolves around this idea of a guy who daydreams a lot. But really, it, you well, and I, I think, I think, see, this, this is what speaks to me as like this is what I wanted this movie to be. I wanted those daydreams to matter more. I don't. From what you're saying right now, it's making me feel like these aren't these weren't incorporated in the way that I think they could have been. And they try to. I would agree. They talk about how his mom talks about how oh you're always daydreaming. You completely miss the fact that the guy that you've been working with came to see me like last week. Like they they try to do that. It's just not that's that's not executed as perfectly. And I like you said that you almost prefer to see the movie without any daydreams in it. I I don't want to see this mediocre guy. Like it's it's more effective for me to be like this is a guy who wants more for his life who wants to do these extraordinary things and finally ends up doing them and by function of that the daydreams disappear like i personally i find that more fulfilling than just this that dude. makes sense like, and like i said the only the only one that feels motivated is the one of him fighting adam scott because that's a, that's a moment i think everyone has had in their life where like god i just want to fuck this guy yeah, up no, so hard. But, I mean, I've also had the moment of like, oh, I'd love to impress that girl that I, you know, have a crush on big time, so let me go and no, jump that, through a window and rescue her dog that's from very, a fire. That's, that's very relatable as well. I just, I guess the the avenue in which they were pursued was weird. Yeah. And then it was, the, the part that was frustrating, it was cool, it was fun as the viewer, was him being legitimately impressive with her kid, doing all these sweet yeah. trucks, tricks, and she doesn't and see it. And it gets ignored by And he doesn't her, even yeah. think to like... No show that which is interesting I was like it makes you think about yourself like what talents do I I don't have to pretend to be cool at one thing to impress somebody because I am actually cool at this other thing yeah I think I think they would have been better maybe a little bit more toned down because I think I I like the daydreams in the sense that they they work they they do kind of disappear as he goes on the adventure because he doesn't need them anymore like there's no he's become kind of the hero of the story of his own life like that he never felt like he was before and I, there is kind of an interesting, like, dynamic between what Sean Penn says to him about taking the snapshot and, like, missing out on the real... You know what I mean? Like, like, like seeing it through the camera as opposed to actually just enjoying the moment. Like, in a way, the daydreams that he does, like, do make him miss out on what's... Like, the actual qualities he has as a person. Like, he's... Yeah. Like, the skateboarding, or, like, just the fact that he's worked with this company and for so long. He's really and good at his job. And like really good. Sean well, that was one of the things that was really weird, is apparently this incredibly acclaimed photographer considers him, like, almost his partner. Yeah. And that that is not at all expressed early on in the movie. He just seems like a, a records room nobody. Uh-huh. And I was like, if he's that important to this other guy, he just doesn't seem to think so, and they never treat him like that. It just, it, it was very... It felt really tacked on. It basically feels like there there was a first draft of this movie and then like a, a final draft, and they just lumped a lot of cool shit into the final draft. Like, oh, this will make it better. And I think it's great from a from a writing standpoint, but it didn't really feel like it got pressed and smoothed out nicely. Because if he, if Sean values him so much to like send him this gift and visit his mom, how have they never met before? And how does he not even know what he looks like? Well, and that's kind of the function of. Uh I, I don't. I don't think it, it, you saying that Sean doesn't realize what Walter looks like. Yeah. Because I don't think that's true. I think that's more of a he doesn't expect Walter to be on top of a freaking mountain while he's trying to get this 
because he take clearly he took that photo of Walter. But I think he took it not knowing who Walter is is what makes that moment so good. Because when he looks at him, he's like Walter Mitty, and he goes, "Yeah," and he's like, "Huh?" And then he, when he told him, he's like, "You're That's in true. for a wild yeah. surprise." When he, he goes, "Did you see the?" But picture? I, but I don't, I don't, I, I felt that he went to see his mom in order to get a photo of him, like he, like he went to see his mom to find out his schedule to figure out when he would be, like where he's hmm. in his daily routine to get that photo of him. That's kind of what I got out of it. I like what you're saying, though. I think that's cool of him. Yeah, taking... I didn't get that at all. I thought okay. he had no clue who he was because he he makes it very clear that they've never met. No, and I that's you know it... basically there's I don't think there's any reason for him to know who who Walter is or who he, I guess this is part of the problem with the movie is I'm confused by yeah well you never the like <laughs> they go this... out of their way to make it seem like Walter is this unimportant guy and Sean is this mega important dude who can't be bothered with little things, and Walter just handles his pictures and come, they come through. And I was like, you sent him a gift? Well, and on top of that, it's not like, like we, we come in at, the, at the, the end of life, and it's not, it's not particularly... Um, like, you don't get to see Walter actually doing his job, really. Yeah, we don't see any day-to-day like It's not Walter. like Walter's job is tracking down missing frames all the time. No. It's... it's you know, he, he, he has a job. We just don't get to see much of that. And we don't get to see the, the normal function of him. So maybe he is more inherently functional at the company than we really know. Like, it's negative assets manager. It doesn't mean much to us. And that's maybe that's a failing in the movie. And, and they needed to do more in that. I think. I'm curious. I, I mean, I read some people, a lot of people online agree with me where they were like, I, I don't think that. Uh, I think the photo being taken was just a just a moment, and Sean had no idea who Walter was. I think he was coming there to see Walter, maybe, and snapped a picture, happened to be passing by or something as he was in the city. And some people think he singled out Walter. But I think that that... that speaking of someone who takes a lot of pictures of crazy things all the time, that the way that photo is staged and everything, the fact that he happened to be sitting by that fountain in front of the Life building... Holding up, that's just a moment that a photographer would be like, oh, wow, got it. Like, that's sweet. You couldn't stage that. He didn't, you know, Walter probably doesn't come out there every well, day. Well, no, it's not, I, I, but I feel like it could have been, like, here's here's Sean trying to get a feel for what the, the, the worker of life does, trying to get to know his subject, because that's what he wanted the cover photo to be in the end for that last, for that last, like, but I don't know. That's, that's kind of neither here nor there. Um... Anything else spoilery to talk about? Um, Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt was awesome. Yeah, pretty, it was pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> didn't realize it was him until it was him. Um, I've, I feel like I've heard enough Patton Oswalt to to call his voice. Yeah, when I, I said that to Rick it, in the movie. I was like, it sounds like Patton Oswalt. Yeah, that's funny. But he's been popping up in stuff left and right lately, yeah. constantly. So it almost didn't surprise me at all. Yeah, that was fun. A lot of the stuff with Shirley MacLaine was kind of weird too. Her character bit. felt a lot like plot she, device. Yeah, she's a, a lot bit of her dialogue of a, very expository. Yeah, but but yeah, she's there's nothing terribly interesting about her character. I mean, she's Walter's mom, but they're okay. I just feel like there's a lot of moments like this movie could have been very impactful. Like I remember seeing in the trailer the travel journal that he has from his dad, and just being heartbroken that that book is empty. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. think the movie delivers on that moment. Like, obviously, he starts using it and whatnot, but that first time he kind of flips through it and you see it, it's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, this... It's a big moment. And it, it's, it, it goes by quickly. Yeah, and... and With little to no yeah. acclaim. So, you know, it, I I wanted a little bit more, but I still... It is very, very... I mean, it's rough, because it's right there. It's like they were digging for gold and they gave up, and it's, it's it is six one inches of, deeper. One of my autobiography titles that we wrote back wrote a while back it is on the cusp of glory <laughs> and it just doesn't it doesn't quite tip into that like you know that because you're right that is a very that is a very heartbreaking moment and i remember one of the big things that they taught in screenwriting was have objects that have meaning to characters because an object is something we can all associate with. Mm-hmm. everybody yeah. had a stuffed animal they loved everybody has a memento yeah. from someone they loved and that's a big thing that they say to work in your scripts and this movie does it it has that object which is very cool but again it's barely it's like he pulls it out of the box and he pulls out the backpack at the same time and uh almost treats it as though it's cool as like a, a pack of gum that he really needs right now and it and it's i like too bad because i like that, the function of like you see the things that he's writing in it as he goes on that final journey yeah, it was cool but it's still you know it's not 
Like I, I wanted that impact there. I wanted to feel that punch. That's like, you know, my dad had this idea that I was going to go on to great things, and I just never ended up doing it. Like yeah, and they kind of lay the the groundwork for it in there because Shirley MacLaine has the part where she talks about she calls him her worker bee. Yeah, she, and he he also talks about how he had the mohawk, and then he cut his hair, bought a suit, and got a job. And yeah, that's it's interesting because as as a viewer, you should be like that's cool like that's a really incredibly responsible thing for this guy to do and he's kind of a small scale hero for doing that for yeah. taking care of his family it's and, also and very sad it is sad because someone didn't get to maybe didn't get to live the life they wanted to but it's pretty remarkable considering in 2013 how many total deadbeats that we have everywhere True. and deadbeat parents even who won't even yeah. really lift more than they have to to take care of their themselves and their kid and so it's cool to see like a character like that which is why it's partially kind of sad that he gets shit on by a lot of people for being kind of lame or whatever. Yeah. But he, uh, I thought that was remarkable and kind of makes him a hero in his own right. But it was cool to see him finally step outside of his comfort zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and go do something big, and uh, it was neat. And it was cool to see some a character who's in their like forties, presumably early forties, be able to just do that. It was kind of inspirational. Cause I yeah, a lot I think of people, she says he's 42 in the beginning. Yeah, a lot of people different. feel like life is pretty much over by the time you're in your late 30s and yeah. you just kind of settle into Whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if the, <clears throat> if the ending would have landed a little bit more if it was the ending. Because the ending felt very focused on the love story angle to mm-hmm. me. You know, the last shot is them walking away with their hands held and he finally got the girl and stuff. That wasn't really a hugely important part of the overall movie. I remember thinking that she had actually gotten back together with her husband, and that mm-hmm. was going to be it for I the character. I was kind of hoping that that was. Kind of an up-in-the-air-ish be- moment. Yeah, too. because, because I, I mean, I, I like I, I liked her, and I liked, I liked the, the... Statute the, of limitations. <laughs> I liked the, uh, the... I liked the chemistry between the two of them, and I liked yeah, kind of their yeah. story. But um, she didn't feel like... I, mean, I don't know. Like, she was kind of something that pushed him to continue, but I don't think that... It needed to wind up being kind of about her in the end. I, I would have much rather had him decide he's going to go off and and do some more traveling and figure out what I the next. I totally agree with that. I, it would have him him just as soon as he you know as soon as he sees the the cover of the magazine deciding to get back on a plane and go wherever you know like what flights do you have? I would have been like, oh my god, that's you know like that would have hit me harder than than just story. hey, I'm going to find a job. Let's hold hands like. It didn't. Well, I think at that point he was running out of money, <laughs> and so yeah, it was, no, it, totally. His character is one who is now open to the possibility of of great adventures, and he'll probably live his everyday life very differently. But and I, I think that it's that that moment's a function of of uh, you know, would the Walter at the beginning of this movie, as he collects his severance check and walks out of the door, would he have run up to her and said anything? No, no. no. Would he have just grabbed her hand? No. He wouldn't move. Sure. No, it's, it's a very baller move. And I don't, I don't dislike the ending. I just think that that might be part of why it didn't quite land is because the focus was on the love angle, like the well, love and, story. And angle. how many times as like an awkward teenager or a kid did you have that girl you crushed on, and you had this image of her built up in your mind, and then you finally meet her, get to know her, and she's horrible, or maybe not horrible, but nothing like what you imagined. Sure. And so, by function of having that crush, though, you in some way bettered yourself. Like it's a very Real story. I mean, I know there there have been girls that I would like meet or kind of pursue, thinking they are one person or they are one certain way. Then you get to know them, and they're really not that way at all. Yeah. But the journey of getting to know them, or at least pursuing them, was good for you. Because you way. grow as a person. Yes. Absolutely. And so that's why. Uh, well, up in the air, like I said, that that's so so well done in that movie. But in this movie, if if she had gotten back together with her ex. I wouldn't have minded it necessarily because he would have learned something from it and grown as a human versus sure. someone who's just looking at trying to wink at girls online. Yeah. Like he interacted with a human and he and he lost, but that's fine because he learned something from it. Sure. So there's no shame in that. So yeah, it was I, interesting. I didn't dis I didn't dislike the ending by any means. I just that might have had something to do with why it didn't hit me. As <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it was a weird choice of final moment for the movie. Final shot uh, when it just like went to slow motion. I was like, oh, this is gonna be the final shot, isn't it? It's kind of weird, like them walking in the street. Kind but of. He was a pretty solitary guy, so this maybe that is really in yeah. the end what he wanted. Love is the grandest adventure of all. That is message. <laughs> what poster did you read that off of? <laughs> I don't just made that up <laughs> at the dentist waiting room. <laughs> At the time, right. just waiting. I think I think that about wraps it up. 
I enjoyed the the discussion that we had. I think it was good. Yeah, I think the the big soccer game was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. In the mountains of Tibet. <laughs> yeah, with the with the Junip song playing. Yep, it was a very good moment. I was like, this is cool because Sean Penn's character is such a hilarious, not plot device, but he just dumps the message of the movie over yeah. your head like at a. Like a bucket of Gatorade, <laughs> ice cubes. And then he's like, then one more message. He's like working. He's at the top of a mountain. He's just working all the time. He's like, I'm gonna go play soccer. <laughs> you gotta have some fun once in a while. It's yeah. just funny that guy was just shitting movie messages on me left <laughs> and right. But I didn't mind it at all. Here's like, life lessons. Cool. Yes, exactly. Enjoy. Just passing them out, <laughs> making it rain. <laughs> like singles at a strip club. Yeah, it's funny. All right, uh, feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. Let us know what you thought about Walter Mitty, or let, you, let us know what you thought about anything that we that you think we should talk about. Uh, uh, at MFN Podcast on Twitter, search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on both Facebook and Vine. we got to do more Vine stuff. I think it's been a while since we did one. So. Yes. Um, thanks to Aunt Mr. John on Twitter for our artwork and music, and my hoodie, which if you have any interest in Midwest Film Nerds, uh, merchandise let us know because plans may be forthcoming we might be able to make some stuff happen uh, hoodies and t-shirts so um yeah i think that's about it you want boxer shorts with my face on them what you want boxer shorts with my face on them <laughs> yes. willie's face over the fly <laughs> victor you want boxer shorts <laughs> willie over the willie yes Yes, as as Gojo, I think, put uh, on our status or something, somebody somewhere was like, uh, where can Victor and I get one of those? Uh, yeah, that yeah. was Tim. That was Tim, yeah. Tim, Tim yeah. was where like, can where can Victor and I get one of those hoodies? So uh, let us know if you're interested <laughs> in that kind of thing. We might start getting some, some stuff out there. But uh, I think that's about it. Kyle XY, go watch a movie.